Welcome, everybody, to Becoming a Critical Health Thinker. Hi, I'm Becky Campos, and I'm making my way through the three concepts that assisted me in reclaiming my health from two grim diagnoses, one of which was breast cancer, stage two with a rapid dividing cell, and the philosophy of health, the attitude of health, and the strategy of health saved my life. I've already introduced the first concept, the philosophy of health, in previous episodes. And I'm continuing to introduce the second concept that assisted me in getting well, the attitude of health. This is episode 11, Becoming a Critical Health Thinker, part two. And in episode 10, I began taking an up close and personal look at a critical health thinker. Well, so far we have learned that a critical health thinker is someone who thinks judiciously about all things health and like a judge rules over a case that he has been appointed over, so does a critical health thinker rule over their health care efficiently. In this episode, I want to introduce you to eight more essential qualifications and characteristics of a critical health thinker. These eight characteristics are the most basic things needed for the continuation of building a solid health foundation to govern our health care from a position of strength. A critical health thinker seeks health education. This is the first rule of order. I didn't know that the liver has to process everything you taste, smell, breathe, touch and feel and I had very little understanding on how the liver breaks down chemicals and stores nutrients it's glorious detoxifying work cleansing renewing our blood supply removing many potentially toxic and harmful substances before they reach the rest of the body I also didn't know that our hormones have 24 hours to accomplish their work and then they travel into the colon to be evacuated. How could I have lived in my human body for 41 years, I keep saying to myself, and not seek to know its intricate design and what harms it and what assists it in staying alive and well? A critical health thinker takes complete responsibility first for increasing their health aptitude. Much of my suffering with sickness and disease was directly connected to a lack of health education. Sickness and disease hadn't fallen out of the sky, my friend, landed on my head and into my body. Little did I know that health is created one day at a time by the way we live, what we eat, what we drink, and how we sleep. And I will cover this more in a future podcast. There are other significant factors that generate sickness and disease, but a lack of knowledge still remains the number one factor. And this was my number one reason for accumulating 12 years of chronic illness that culminated with breast cancer. And guess what? Not knowing how to care for our human design is at the forefront of our national health crisis. 
Unfortunately, my lack of education was nurtured by the years I spent making my way through medical treatments. Although I had some of the most compassionate doctors, men and women of great character and intelligence overseeing my health care, not once over my lifetime and especially during the 12 years of chronic illness did I ever once inquire about nutrition, water, exercise, rest, and sleep during my medical appointments. And I do not ever recall my medical authorities initiating any discussion about lifestyle medicine. Ultimately, my lack of health education was grounded in my own personal neglect to think critically about my health care. The health resources I had been studying had built a case for health, and the verdict was in. I could put everything I knew about the subject of health and wellness and how to care for my human design into a thimble. I can never say it enough that a sound attitude of health is directly related to how you think about health, and how you think about health is directly related to what you know. Never underestimate the power of being self-taught. Seeking health and wellness education to further your understanding on how to care for your human design is foundational work for the reclaiming of one's own health and for the prevention of disease. Actually, there is no greater way to advance your well-being, my friend, than to increase your health and wellness knowledge. Here I want to say that in the United States, conventional medicine is what we have mostly known and utilized, and it has not been favorable to lifestyle medicine. Therefore, many of us have not known that we should and could further our health and wellness knowledge on our own, and that there are good quality and accurate resources to assist us in advancing our health care. I will introduce you to some of the finest health educators and their resources to assist you in your research in upcoming podcast. And second, a critical health thinker does not panic. Dictionary.com defines panic as, quote, a sudden and overwhelming fear with or without cause that produces hysterical or irrational behavior and that spreads quickly. Panic suddenly destroys the self-control and impels to some frantic action." Unquote. Oh, I love this definition. Because a critical health thinker is well-educated on the subject of health and wellness, they are properly prepared to manage and even at times harness dangerous emotions in the face of sickness and disease. To panic is to stop thinking critically. When I was diagnosed with cancer, my daily method of operation was emotional and not rational. Emotions are powerful and can plummet you down into despair. In my journey to reclaiming my health, I experienced unharnessed emotions with layers of stress and panic that compelled me to consider harsh treatments no matter how low the estimated percentage of survival rate may have been. I wasn't in any condition to make life and death 
decisions, yet I felt I had no other choice but to proceed with my conventional treatment at any cost. Now here I want to say that to utilize or not to utilize medical means is not the point, but rather that being well informed and seeking further health education to assist yourself in your medical decisions and in getting well is the first rule of order in becoming a critical health thinker. And being well informed will most definitely help bring emotional order. Reclaiming your health will require managing and harnessing dangerous and powerful emotions that may keep you from making sound and critical decisions about your health care. I had no idea that I could manage, harness, and disarm dangerous emotions like fright, fear, dread, alarm, discouragement, and anxiety in the face of a grim diagnosis. When I experienced a dangerous emotion or a frightful thought, I accepted it at face value as though I had no choice on whether to receive it or to disarm it. When my emotions were high and in charge, my critical thinking abilities were suppressed and I was bound to make an emotional rather than a rational decision about my health care, responding to my fears and anxiety by bringing them under the authority of rational analysis, in contrast to being overwhelmed by dangerous emotions, ultimately saved my life. It wasn't long before I was making life and death decisions without breaking down into a million emotional pieces. Learning how to make sound, rational healthcare decisions is where the line of demarcation is drawn in the work of reclaiming one's health. To panic or not to panic will set you on a path to either an emotional or rational approach to your healthcare. This is not to say that emotions should not be expressed. After all, cancer is one of the most emotional diseases one can experience. But a good rule of thumb here is to critically examine your emotions so that they will not hinder your progress in reclaiming your health or for the prevention of disease. I will spend more time on this subject when I cover the law of emotional fortitude. In this moment, however, I want to put the emphasis on harnessing dangerous emotions that can be harmful rather than helpful. Overwhelming emotions are a symptom of chaotic and tumultuous thinking. The way we think is the way we feel. The great news for you and for me here is that you don't have to be tormented by runaway emotions. There are plenty of resources to assist you in bringing them under control again. Critical health thinkers experience the same kind of emotions that non-critical health thinkers experience. However, they have learned how to master and lead their emotions, empowering their health all the more. In my journey to reclaiming my health, I was stumbling through conventional therapies scheduled for aggressive surgeries. My sister was dying. My mother was dying. September 11th had occurred. So you can imagine how much panic there was in my daily method of operation. A cancer diagnosis has a way of keeping you on an emotional roller coaster. Learning how to think critically about your health care will most definitely make a difference in your journey. 
A critical health thinker seeks health, education, and learns how to overcome obstacles that will deter them from reclaiming their health and in the work of prevention of disease. This, in turn, assists them in making their way through countless of daily emotions and reactions that can derail your work of reclaiming your health and for prevention's sake. And third, the third characteristic of a critical health thinker is that you must take personal responsibility for your own health care. No one can do this work for you, my friend. Only you can choose to become a critical health thinker and assist yourself in getting well. Over the years, I have had many a phone call from people who are inquiring information for a loved one or a friend, and I'm always happy to assist them, but at some time and some point, I have to ask if it is at all possible to speak with a person because it is essential that they receive the information firsthand. It is difficult to capture the essence of all this information without the person's involvement. Now, if the person is not able to call on their own due to their condition, that is understandable. But usually, in these cases I have observed over the years, the person inquiring is more concerned for their loved one's or friend's health knowledge than the person is for themselves. And so they have taken the lead in inquiring for them. This is a noble response, but not ideal. But guess what? Now they can listen to becoming a critical health thinker at their convenience and be encouraged in their journey to reclaiming their health and you can come along their side in a position of strength. Ultimately, reclaiming your health and the work of prevention requires a full health care examination that only you can initiate. And four, Becoming a critical health thinker necessitates time, finances, resources, classes, and most of all, grit. Sadly, individuals may be tempted to exit the work of becoming a critical health thinker when they recognize all that it requires, and that's perfectly normal. Do you know when a person is most vulnerable and defenseless against sickness and disease? A person is most vulnerable and defenseless when they feel well. When you feel well, that's when you serve yourself that third glass of high sugar content beverage. You stay up till all hours, maybe serve yourself your third piece of cake or cheesecake, skip meals and neglect exercising, and so much more. And it seems that when we don't feel well, we are more prone to taking better care of ourselves, or at least to start thinking about it. So here we want to recognize that to become is to develop, to be converted into, and to grow into. And that will take time, finances, resources, and perseverance. I know that reclaiming your health is difficult work, especially when you are under the gun of a diagnosis. Yet this work is long-lasting, my friend, fruit-bearing, life-saving, and life-changing, and is worthy of every ounce of energy required of you and all that you may have to invest into it. And five, becoming a critical health thinker requires a basic understanding of human anatomy and its functions and activities. 
Did you know that 70% of your immune system is created in the digestive system? And did you know that the human cell has a lifespan, they live for a certain time and then they die to make way for healthy new cells to replace the old cells? And did you know that carotenoids found in your colorful fruits and vegetables enhances cell communication, preventing cancer progression? There is a world of basic health and wellness knowledge to acquire in your pursuit of reclaiming your health and in the work of prevention that can easily be known and understood by utilizing health resources found all around you. Critical health thinkers can choose to know as much or as little as they want to know about their human anatomy and its physiology. The more you know, however, and understand about your human design, the more wisdom you will acquire to care for it. And six, becoming a critical health thinker requires a basic understanding of the diseases of affluence. These are the diseases of the Western world like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and syndromes. We'll talk more about these diseases for certain, and this is a game changer for anyone seriously interested in lifestyle medicine. Unless we can clearly know how these diseases are initiated and progress, we are left defenseless against them. But no worries, we have all the information and resources needed to acquire the necessary knowledge on how these diseases develop and how you can best prevent initiating them. And if you've already been diagnosed with any of these diseases, there is a great big world of resources for you. So be encouraged. And seven. Becoming a critical health thinker requires you surround yourself with resources that promote the 12 laws of simple health. Here I want to mention them once again. The law of nutrition, the law of water, the law of exercise, the law of sleep, the law of rest, the law of cleansing, the law of fasting, the law of reducing stress, the law of fresh air, the law of sunlight, the law of emotional fortitude, and the law of spiritual fortitude. Now, you can find more qualified and more creative health experts than I could ever be, and I encourage you to do so. I want to, in full disclosure, say that it is my hope that I can make a significant contribution to your journey to reclaiming your health and better yet for the work of prevention. But my ultimate hope is that you will surround yourself with health resources that will assist you in staying well and getting well if need be. And the best sources will most definitely affirm the 12 laws of simple health. And finally, eight, a critical health thinker makes the connection between lifestyle and sickness and disease and lifestyle and health and wellness. Oh my, this is something that must um, come to pass when this vital connection is seriously understood. Reclaiming your health from any diagnosis or the prevention of disease promises to be more attainable. The strategy of health is where we will make this fundamental connection. Lifestyle is the first suspect, my friend, when it comes to sickness and disease and health and wellness. 
millions of Americans miss all sorts of vital connections between their daily practices and their ill health. I certainly did. There are many reasons why we don't make these basic connections between our lifestyle and sickness and disease, but until we do, reclaiming one's health and prevention of disease may be interrupted and even advance to further stages. Once you make this connection, you will be well on your way to reclaiming your health and succeed in the work of prevention, my friend. But until we do, there will be drama and trauma we could have avoided. Advancing your health education leads to harnessing unhealthy emotions, which leads to taking personal responsibility, which necessitates time, resources, finances, grit, perseverance, and understanding the basics of our human anatomy and the diseases of affluence, utilizing resources that affirm the 12 laws of simple health will lead to making the connection between lifestyle and sickness and disease and lifestyle and health and wellness. I want to say here before I close this episode that becoming a critical health thinker is not solely and especially for anyone who is on a journey to reclaiming their health from a grim diagnosis, although it is certainly, but this podcast is for all who desire a quality of life and long-term health. Sometimes I get people who are acquainted with my work and kindly refer me to someone they know who are experiencing health problems, but they do not feel they need this information for themselves. This couldn't be further from the truth, my friend. Prevention, prevention, prevention is always better than treatment. It is my pleasure to encourage you and strengthen you as you continue to become, to develop, and to convert and grow into a critical health thinker. And for those who are already critical health thinkers, I am thrilled that you are listening. And in fact, I want to thank everyone listening for your patience as I introduce preliminary work in preparation for the strategy of health. You won't be disappointed I did. So please join me for episode 12, Becoming a Critical Health Thinker, part three, as I introduce seven disciplines of a critical health thinker. And it is my hope that at the end of all your listening, you will experience how simple health really is.